Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. For free resources and free messages, visit our website, friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or call us for more information at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. And Jacob wants to receive the blessing. See, in verse 19, he says, that thy soul may bless me. So everything is perfect. We've got Isaac that wants to bless in verse 4. We've got Jacob that wants to be blessed in verse 19. So let the blessing roll, right? No, not yet. Isaac requires a kiss. In verse 26, Isaac is requiring the one he is going to bless to come near and kiss him. See, he's requiring a kiss in verse 26. So before Isaac's going to bless Jacob, Isaac asked Jacob to come near and kiss him in verse 26. Jacob knows that before he can get the blessing, he's got to come near and kiss Isaac. So in verse 27, Jacob does that. He comes near and he kisses Isaac. Now let's just think about that. I mean, just just kind of think about the dynamics here of what's happening in these two verses, 26 and 27. Let's just think about it a little bit. Let's just think about the dynamics of verse 26 of Isaac asking Jacob to come near and kiss him. And the dynamics in verse 27 of Jacob coming near and kissing Isaac to receive the blessing. I mean, let's just play this out a little bit. Let's just play this out a little differently. Let's just say that everything is the same up until this point, verse 4. Isaac wants to bless, verse 19, Jacob wants to be blessed. But let's just say, and and verse 26, Isaac says, I require a kiss before I give my blessing. Now, let's just kind of stop the reel here and play it out differently. And let's just say that Jacob said, a kiss? No way. I hate you. You know, a kiss? I can't stand you. You know, a kiss? I can't stand to get close to you. I don't like the way you look. I don't like the way you smell. I don't like to hear your voice. I don't like anything about you. You make me sick. I would rather die than get close to you. If I have to kiss you, I'll vomit. You make me sick. Just the sight of you makes me sick. Let's say Jacob said that. Kiss. Forget this kiss stuff. All I want is the blessing. Just give it to me, old man, and die. Because I'm not interested in you. I'm just interested in this blessing. I want nothing to do with you. If Jacob would have said that, you think Isaac would have said, well, okay, (laughs) I don't really require a kiss. It's all right. I'll just give the blessing anyway, so you go your way with the blessing. I mean, you really think that Isaac would have given the blessing after Jacob said those things? No way. That's why verses 26 and 27 are so important to see. Because Isaac reserved the blessing for the one who loved him enough to come close and kiss him. Isaac required a kiss before the blessing. And Isaac is a picture of God, and Jacob is a picture of man. And just as verse 4 shows that Isaac wanted to bless, God wants to bless man. He wants to do that. God wants to bless man. We can see that in what the Lord said in Matthew 5.45. He says, you may be the children of your father, which is in heaven, for he makes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good and sends his rain on the just and the unjust. 
And then in 1 Timothy 2.4, it's speaking about God. He said, He will have all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. All men want to be blessed by God. All men, they would rather, if it's all right, like to avoid a place of suffering for eternity. I mean, that's like Jacob in verse 19, wanting the blessing. I mean, all men would like, if it's all right, to go to heaven, streets of gold. It's not bad. Sounds pretty good. See, but God has one requirement for man, which he calls being wise and being instructed in Psalm 2, 10 through 12, where he says, be wise, now therefore, O ye kings, be instructed, ye judges of the earth, serve the Lord with fear, rejoice with trembling, kiss the Son, lest he be angry and ye perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. See, just as Isaac had one requirement for the one to receive the blessing, he had to come near, he had to kiss him. God has one requirement for avoiding God's anger, for for not perishing, and it's to kiss the Son. Kiss the Lord Jesus Christ. That's his requirement. So, and what is a kiss? It shows this loving adoration. Loving adoration to the Lord Jesus Christ, which is the first commandment in the Shema, in Deuteronomy 6, 4, when it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, with all thy soul, with all they might. See, those verses in the Shema are really the same as Genesis 27, 26, 27 here, when God says in Deuteronomy 6, 5, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy might. It's the same as Isaac saying in Genesis 27, 26, come near now and kiss me, my son. See, if a person wants to be blessed by God, if a person wants God's blessing of being saved from his sins, he wants God's blessing of his peace, God's peace that passes understanding, he wants God's blessing of going to heaven after death, then like Isaac, God has one requirement. Love Jehovah Jesus with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Bow before the Lord Jesus Christ in loving adoration. But if a person says, well, that would make me sick, because I can't stand this Jesus, then God doesn't give his blessing. It's like with Isaac. Because the kiss is required before the blessing comes. And it's not an outward kiss, it's a kiss from the heart. A heart that loves Jehovah Jesus with all the heart. And Isaac would not give his blessing to a person who said that he just wanted the blessing and forget all this kiss stuff. I mean, no more would God give his blessing to a person who said he just wants the blessing but forget that kiss stuff. I mean, I have a friend who who has this fatal disease, and he told me that he was jealous because the Christians he knows have the peace of God. And so he prayed with me the sinner's prayer because he wanted the peace. What do I got to do to get the peace? Pray this prayer? Fine. He had no interest in bowing the knee and loving adoration to the Lord Jesus. See, praying the sinner's prayer, that's no problem. I I need the peace. I don't want to be agitated about dying. But he wanted nothing to do with this kiss stuff and loving the Lord Jesus Christ with all his heart. He just wanted the blessing. He wanted the verse 19 blessing from the Lord Jesus Christ without the verse 26 having to come near and kiss the Lord Jesus Christ. Just like Isaac. In verse 26, God says, no kiss from the heart, no blessing. Verse 26, Isaac meant no kiss, no blessing. 
Deuteronomy 6, 5, God meant no kiss, no blessing. The, the kiss is required before the blessing comes. And if there'd be no kiss for Isaac, Isaac would have nothing to do with the blessing. Be no kiss for the Lord Jesus Christ, he'll have nothing to do with the blessing. The principle we see in Genesis 26, 27, 26 is the kiss before the blessing. And we see this loving adoration in a forgiven soul who shocked a group by her kiss. And if you'd like to turn to that, please, in Luke 7, 36. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. Now follow this now. we got a Pharisee that wants the Lord Jesus Christ to come in his house and eat. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet, verse 37. Behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat at the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, stood at his feet behind him, weeping, began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee, which had bidden him, saw it, he spake within himself, saying, This man, if he were a prophet... He would have known who and what manner of woman is this is that toucheth him, for she's a sinner. Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he saith, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owed 500 pence, the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love the most? Simon answers, well, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. He said, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, Seest thou this woman? I entered into thine house, thou gavest me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with tears and wiped them with the hairs of her head. Thou gavest me no kiss, but this woman, since the time I came in, hath not ceased to kiss my feet. My head with oil thou didst not anoint, but this woman hath anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, Her sins, which are many, forgiven, for she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. He said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. Which started another controversy, but we won't go there. See, here we have an interesting scene of basically three persons. The Lord Jesus Christ is there, of course. The Pharisee who had invited the Lord Jesus Christ into his home for a meal. And this woman who was not invited into the home, but boldly came into the house of this Pharisee. And she was a famous woman in the city. She was famous for being a sinner. Everyone knew who she was. Everyone was aware of the defiling sins that she had done. But this woman came into the house to the Lord Jesus Christ for one purpose. She came in with an expensive alabaster box. Alabaster box was expensive itself, but of expensive ointment. And she stood behind the Lord Jesus Christ and just cried. And she cried and cried, and the tears ran down her face to the ground. And everyone who came to the Pharisee's house watched her in shock. And then she did something amazing. Without even being spoken to by the Lord Jesus Christ, the woman kneels down and washes the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ with her tears that were just streaming down her face. And she kisses his feet. And she wipes them with the hairs of her head. And then she takes this expensive ointment and rubs it into his feet. See? And when the Pharisee, he saw this woman and what she was doing, he said within himself, not out loud, within himself, this is outrageous. The Pharisee thought, this was an outrage that this sinful woman would come into my house. 
Now the Pharisee said, thought within himself, this is the ultimate outrage that this sinful woman would touch my guest, Jesus. And so the Pharisee concluded, I mean, obviously Jesus can't see into the heart of this woman. He can't see what she's done, and therefore he can't be a prophet. He just can't be a prophet. So the Pharisee concludes that the Lord Jesus could not see the past sins of this woman. He could not see her current state of defilement, and therefore he didn't know how sinful she was, and he allowed her to touch him. So he can't be a prophet. Now, the Pharisee was offended by both what the woman was doing in loving adoration of the Lord Jesus, and the Pharisee was offended that the Lord Jesus was allowing the woman to express her loving adoration to him. Not only did the Lord Jesus clearly see as God into the heart of the woman, as it says in 1 Samuel 16, 7, the Lord seeth not as, as man seeth. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. The Lord Jesus not only saw her present and past, but the Lord Jesus also clearly saw as God into the heart of Pharisee. And that can be seen because what the Pharisee was doing with his doubts It says in verse 39, when the Pharisee which had bidden him saw it, he spake within himself, not with words, saying, this man, if he were a prophet, would have known who and what manner of woman this is that touches them, for she's a sinner. See, it says the Pharisee, he spake within himself. He didn't speak out loud. This was a private speaking inside of him. No one could hear it. No one could hear it except God. God in the person of the Lord Jesus, heard what he was saying in his heart. And that's why one word is so important in the next verse, in verse 40, and that word is answering. Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say to thee, Master Sam. See, answering. See, the Pharisees spake with himself, verse 39. Verse 40, Jesus answering said unto him. From that alone, the Pharisees should have thought, Boy, when I speak in my heart, Jesus hears. I mean, the Pharisee sort of said, sort of said, when I pray to God in my heart, Jesus answers. When I don't understand and pray to God, Jesus explains. That alone should have caused this Pharisee to fall down on the floor and say to the woman, move over and let me wash his feet with my tears. See, but the Lord Jesus saw clearly as God sees into the heart of Pharisee. And so what did he see? The Lord Jesus was like Isaac, wanting to bless everyone with the forgiveness of sins, including this Pharisee. But the Lord Jesus, like Isaac in Genesis 27, 26, he asked for a kiss before the blessing. This woman was meeting the requirement, the kiss before the blessing. And the Pharisee was not willing to kiss the Lord Jesus. This Pharisee was not willing to lovingly adore the Lord Jesus like this woman. The Lord Jesus saw into the heart of the Pharisee. He saw his unwillingness to kiss him. And the Pharisee is playing out this person that we just imagined from Genesis 27 who might have said, I want the blessing, but I can't stand you. I won't kiss you. You disgust me. Your blessing interests me. So let's just keep our distance and give me the blessing. The Pharisee was clearly interested in blessing because he knew that the Lord Jesus had given these miraculous blessings, and so he invites him to his house. Why do you invite him to his house? He wants him to get indebted to him. You owe me. But the Pharisee wants nothing to do with the kisses. 
He doesn't want nothing to do with the adoration of his heart for the Lord Jesus. And here in this house was a woman doing just that. She's giving the Lord Jesus the kisses of the adoration of her heart. Genesis 27, 26. The kiss before the blessing. The kiss was the issue. And in the house of this Pharisee in Luke 7, the kiss was the issue. And the Lord Jesus says, here I see this kneeling woman. And he saw clearly how the kiss was the issue that separated the Pharisee standing in front of him from the woman kneeling at his feet. It was the kiss of loving adoration that separated the standing Pharisee from the kneeling woman. And the Lord Jesus, he wanted to bless the Pharisee, but he couldn't as long as he remained standing and refused to kiss the Lord. Like Isaac in Genesis 27, 26. No kiss, no blessing. So to guide the Pharisee standing there with no kisses for the Lord Jesus, to guide him from the Pharisee's cold, proud, distant heart to repentance, guide him to go from this side to this side to kneel with that woman with the kisses for the Lord Jesus with a warm, humble heart of adoration, the Lord Jesus tells a story. It's actually a history. He doesn't say it's a parable. It's actually happened. It's an account of a creditor. And he's got two debtors. And up until this point, we're not told the name of the Pharisee. We don't know his name. But just before the Lord Jesus tells this history, we find out the name of the Pharisee because the Lord Jesus called him by his name. And he says in verse 40, Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, oh, we didn't know that. His name's Simon. Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. See, just before you telling the history, the Lord Jesus calls out his name. Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. Why did the Lord Jesus say his name now? Why did he say his name Simon before telling the account? Because the Hebrew name Simon means hearing. It means Shema. It's Shimon. Shema. Shimon. It's the same. Hearing. So when the Lord Jesus called his name Simon, he was literally saying hearing. <laughs> it was as if the Lord Jesus said, you know, you remember your name is hearing. I'm calling you by your name. It's hearing. Kepi, you haven't thought about that lately. Because now is the most important time in your life to hear this account. Because now is the most important time in your life to hear and see yourself in this history. And see who you are and who you should be. Simon, hearing. You have to hear now. Then he told the account where one debtor owed the creditor 500 pence. And the other debtor owed the creditor 10 times less. 50 pence. And the Lord Jesus explained that the creditor saw neither of these debtors had any way to pay off their debt. It was hopeless to wait for them to pay it off. It's not going to happen. So the creditor just was very good. He just forgave both their debts. And then he asked the Pharisee, Simon, which debtor loved the creditor more? Well, you know, the Pharisee, he's getting the point. He's getting the point. He's the debtor that owed less and, and didn't have any way to pay for it. And the Pharisee didn't want to really get into the picture. So he, he throws in this word, suppose. You know, he, says, he, he reluctantly says in verse 43, well, I suppose that he to whom he forgave most. Can you know what he's doing here? He's backing away. Like, like the person who came to my door. Oh, I saw your DVD, she said, the delivery lady. I saw your DVD. And I, I, oh, that's very interesting. I said, really? I said, did you follow it to come to the Lord to be forgiven for your sins? She literally did this. <laughs> she backed away. That's what Simon's doing here. He's backing away. You know, I don't know, I suppose. <laughs> Can you go talk to somebody else right now? <laughs> We've got a lot of people here. And the Lord responds, right on, Simon. 
Good job, he says. Thou hast rightly judged. See, the next verse, verse 44, it says, Then, and he turned to the woman. Now, that's amazing. I mean, this is the first time that he turns to the woman. This is the first time he, he, he acknowledges her. She's doing this very unusual thing. She's washing her head with her tears and, his, and wiping with the hairs of her head and putting this expensive ointment. And he's like, but now he turns to her. See, the whole time she came in the house, she's crying with this great amount of tears. She's kneeling at his feet. She's washing her, his feet with the tears, the hairs of her head. She's putting expensive ointment on. He never looks at her. But now he does. Why? The woman was one lost sinner that had been found, and that was wonderful. But there was another lost sinner there that needed to be found. That was the Pharisee. So to shame the Pharisee, the Lord Jesus decides to not in any way acknowledge this loving adoration of this woman to show the strength of her loving adoration. She's going to keep doing that whether she's acknowledged or not. By not acknowledging the woman, the Lord Jesus was showing that this woman was so bound, so determined to lovingly adore the Lord Jesus that even if she had to die, she was going to do it. Then the Lord Jesus turns to the woman for the first time and says to Simon in verse 44, Seest thou this woman? Do you see her, Simon? In in those words, seest thou this woman? And, And the Lord Jesus, in verses 45 through 46, he makes this great parallel of the difference between Simon and the woman. Simon, he says, no water, no towel for my feet. Simon, this woman, tears and hair of her head for my feet. Simon, no kiss. Simon, this woman, unceasing kisses. Simon, no relatively inexpensive oil for my head. Simon, this woman, extremely expensive ointment for my feet. Then the Lord Jesus explained why Simon was not like the woman. And he said in verse 47, Wherefore I say unto thee, Her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. See, the principle is that the more a person sees what he has received that he did not deserve, the more he will love. The debtors did not deserve to have their debts forgiven. The woman did not deserve to have her sins forgiven, which were many, but she loved greatly. And the person who tragically walks away from God, not accepting God's lamb for his sins, like a Jewish man who told me recently, I don't need anyone to die for my sins. That person does not love Jesus, the lamb of God, who took away his sins, the sins of the world. So there's no love and there's no kiss. And that was the key statement in Luke 7, 45. Thou gavest me no kiss. Thou gavest me no kiss. No kiss, no blessing. No kiss, no forgiveness of sins. Just an interest in the blessing with no interest in the kiss of loving adoration to the Lord Jesus Christ. No blessing. Why? Because of verse 26 of Genesis 27. His father, Isaac, said unto him, Come near now and kiss me, my son. Just an interest in the forgiveness of sins, going to heaven, avoiding hell, with no interest in the kiss of loving adoration to the Lord Jesus, no forgiveness of sins. No going to heaven, no avoiding hell. Why? And his father, Isaac, said unto him, Come near now and kiss me, my son. See, we see this principle and the importance here of loving adoration to the Lord Jesus. It brings us to ask the question, ask ourselves the question, what's the temperature inside of us? Now, what's our temperature for our loving adoration of the Lord Jesus? 
What, what, what is it? I mean, every Sunday, we have one service that is dedicated to expressing the loving adoration to the Lord Jesus. See, that's our 9.30 Lord's Table, which is highly focused. It's a highly focused meeting there. No jokes, no side stories, no, no discussion of the history of the Bible, you know, no, no talk about creation, because the focus there is so highly focused, it's focused on one person, the Lord Jesus Christ. The focus is so focused, it's focused on uh, one event in his life. One event is our focus, the cross. The focus is so great there that the activity is brought to focus in one activity, worship. See, that's the service where we express our loving adoration to the Lord Jesus. Thank you for listening to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. If you would like to hear more of this message or other messages by Tom Cantor, visit our website, friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or go to itunes.com and search for the Friendship with God podcast. All messages are cataloged by date and all available for free listening and free download. You can also call us directly for more information at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Thanks for listening to Friendship with God with Tom Cantor. Join the Creation Earth History Museum for our 10th Annual Museum Day Family Festival, Saturday, September 26th. Hi, this is Jason Payne, museum curator, and I want to personally invite you and your families to a free, fun-filled event including new exhibits, testimonies from leading scientific experts, meet NASA astronaut Colonel Jeffrey Williams, and many others. Activities for the entire family. So join us Saturday, September 26th from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Go online to learn more at creationsd.org or call 619-599-1104. 619-599-1104.